You're listening to Pulse, a podcast by Air Commandos for Air Commandos. Our mission is to seek clarity and confidence in our understanding of the factors which influence our individual effectiveness. We invite you to join us as we engage in real conversations, which explore everything from leadership to physical fitness, from resilience to developing effective habits. So lace up, sink your heading bug, and let's get after it. Welcome back to Pulse, everyone. I am Master Sergeant Philip Bean, your Career Assistance Advisor. Joining us today, as always, back at the table, healthy one and strong. More time, yes. We have John. I'm always here, You're even old. if you don't hear me. Yes. I'm here. Always here. In the background. So today, uh, today we're gonna we're gonna dive into a, a little bit of a different topic, something that I think is on everyone's mind, or if it's not, it should be. Well, it has been. It has been. I'll say that. Um, something that, you know, was instilled into us at one point, maybe, maybe you were forced to recite it at one point <laughs> or more than one point. Mm. Uh, we're talking about the airman's creed. Yeah. So this is, this is kind of a, one of those subjects that's touchy to some proud for others with the airman's creed. We have multiple lines verses that are supposed to be instilling a sense of purpose, sense of pride, sense of pride, um, ownership. Um, so, I was I was doing some research on this after we uh, we talked about this previously, and I came across this. It's from the Curtis E. LeMay Center, and it's it's not a long thing. So I'm just going to read this, especially for those of you that don't know where the the creed started or why we have it. And it says, "quote." On 18 April 2007, General T. Michael Mosley, Chief of Staff of the Air Force, introduced the Airman's Creed to the Air Force. At that time, the Air Force had been involved in continuous combat operations for over 16 years. During that period, Airmen became highly specialized and technically capable across a broad spectrum of operations, which resulted in a drift toward an emphasis on technical proficiency and away from a warfighting orientation. As a result, General Mosley created the Airman's Creed in an effort to reinvigorate the warrior spirit and articulate the fundamental beliefs that capture the essence of the Airman warrior. The Airman's Creed is intended to remind all Airmen that they are not just a conglomeration of diverse specialties, skill sets, or jobs, but theirs is the profession of arms. It allows Airmen to think and act with one mind and with a commitment to fundamental warfighting beliefs. Airmen are warriors and are dedicated to flying, fighting, and winning. Following its release, it replaced all existing Air Force-related creeds. So when I read through this and I saw this, and I'm, I get you know going down it, trying to understand some of the background, it says you know the Airman's Creed is there to reinvigorate the warrior spirit or the fundamental beliefs that capture our essence. And I believe maybe at one point that statement to be true. Yeah. I don't know, you know, sitting here today, um, when I look at the creed, that it has that it, same it doesn't necessarily capture all of those points. Yeah. In I, my opinion. Now I mean you're talking two thousand seven, mm -hmm. um, so thirteen years ago, we've grown as a force. We've developed I think so, yeah. um you know, the Air Force just recently in uh previous weeks went through and reviewed and rewrote the Air Force song. They changed some things there. They they determined that, 
you know, there were some some edits that needed to be made. I'm kind of curious on your thoughts as to where we are currently with the Airman's Creed um, and whether whether it still holds true its value. I think it could be worded in a better, I think we might, and I'll go out and I'll just say this without stumbling around it. I think we'd be better served with a different creed. Something that was worded in the, in the sense that encompass all of us. We are on this profession of arms. We do have the warrior spirit. Uh, yes. But if I were to look at that, the words used in the creed, I see a lot of eyes, about seven of them, maybe, you know, I'm not, I'm not counting. Right. But about seven eyes. There's no wheeze. None. Uh, right. Is there no wheeze? Nope. There's no wheeze. There's you no are wheeze. correct. So we work as a team. We from supervisor to subordinate, that's a, we, it right is a way. And I, it, when I look at this, it feels like something, just my impression, it feels like an individual and the higher ideal of us, of us as a fighting force is that we are individuals that are working towards something that's larger to ourselves. If you're a dental tech, you're working towards something that's larger to yourself. Why are you cleaning that person's teeth? So that person can deploy, so that person can support an aircraft, so that aircraft can get in the air, so that air crew can operate it safely, so they can protect somebody on the ground, right? So if I have a lot of stanzas starting with I, well, okay, there's, it's, so, it's not bad to say, to have pride in yourself, right. but where's the focus on the team? Because that's really what, we're, what we teach to our airmen when they come in is your part, your, this is a beautiful watch, and you're the, this is your cog right here that's going to make the watch turn. And I, that part I don't get from the creed. So that makes sense? Oh, no, it definitely does for sure. Um, you know, and I think it kind of ties into some of our current um, social economy type stuff, you know, with all of the conversations going on about having the difficult conversation. Right. Um, how do we tackle racism or, you know, whatever it is in our force? And, you know, General Goldfein and Chief Wright had a, you know, a thing on Facebook talking about, you know, the team needs to do this and we need to be a team and we got to build upon. And I think that's a very valid point when at no point has anyone said, hey, let's reflect back to our Airman's Creed. And it's, hey, we should be looking at, you know, our core values issue. We should be honing in on those. Well, we have a creed that should be helping provide additional guidance on top of that. But during all this, nobody said, hey, we have an Airman's Creed. Um, right. And I, I don't think it the creed doesn't focus on that. It's a, it's a lot of focus on the self. Right. Exactly. Instead of seeing the organization that we belong to and our roles in it. Um, if I was to be nitpicky, right? Uh, I am a warrior. Well, not all of us, right? We can have a warrior spirit. You definitely should have pride in your profession, but you're not, uh, to me, a traditional, when you say warrior, right? If you're jumping out of an airplane, right? into hostile territory with, you know, arm to the teeth, that's a warrior. I'm not a warrior, but I have a lot of pride in my, in my job. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I don't see myself as a warrior, but I know that I'm integral to the mission completion. And I'm, I've always had pride in that and I don't have no problem articulating that pride, but I, I don't like calling myself a warrior because in the traditional sense of I am engaging the enemy directly. I don't know. I'm indirectly engaging them. And that, so I think that's a, so is a crew chief a warrior? 
A crew chief is necessary, and that guy is integral. No, crew chiefs are warriors. <laughs> warriors, hands down. So, so I mean, but do you well, see what I mean? I'm not, I'm not no, picking on crew chiefs. Right? No, no, I totally get it. So when I joined the Air Force, um, it was late 2006. Yeah. I went through basic training. I went through tech school. I arrived at my first duty station, I believe, July, end of June, beginning of July. Um, and obviously, that's 2007. This had just came out, mm-hmm. um, and there was a very large push. And the, the policy was you will have a copy of it in your wallet. If somebody mm-hmm. stops you, you will recite it. Um, and we had a chief there that just, he would. He would walk around base, find young airmen, and make you recite it. I can't tell you how many times as an airman it was, learn the creed, recite the creed, learn the yeah. creed, recite the creed. Um, and as a young airman, and I'm sure as NCOs and even senior NCOs at the time, it was, I have to learn it. It doesn't mean that I have to internalize it. It doesn't mean that I have to understand it. Um, later on, I joined the you know the base honor guard, and the base honor guard has an honor guard creed. Um, that creed, completely separate subject here, um, I, could, I could internalize it, and I felt it, and I was proud to recite that creed. Um, not to say I'm not proud to say the Airman's Creed, but when I... When I would do the the honor guard's creed, I it almost kind of gave me chills or goosebumps. Mm. When I do the airman's creed, I say it, and I don't I don't know how to explain this. So basically, while I was doing some looking, pace, um, right. the profession of arms, profession, profession no. of arms commit. Ah, I can't remember what pace oh, stands man. for. I'm I gonna wish I could help you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go look this one up. I should know it, but it's it's slipping my head right now. My thought process is somewhere else. Um, they released kind of a trifold, if you will, um, and it's it's got a section here that says examining the creed. And basically, they take each line, mm-hmm. if you will, and they break it down and they they try and give it some value and some meaning because I think that's what we kind of miss with our current creed is, you know, when I say I'm an American warrior, first line, I'm an American warrior. Or I'm sorry, I'm an American airman. There you go. Um, what does that actually mean? And according to to this, it says Air Force members are defenders of the nation. Consider the importance. This phrase is repeated through the creed. But that doesn't tell me anything, really. <laughs> like it doesn't. Um, yours was I'm a warrior. Uh, your example. And according right. to this, it says airmen employ the world's greatest air power and go outside the wire. Establishing air dominance or clearing roadside bombs, airmen are there, warriors. Right, but not but again, everybody. Not everybody not is doing that. doing that. But just because you're not doing that doesn't mean you're. You're. You know what I mean? You. You're still integral to that process. Yeah. Even though you're not beyond the wire, and I kind of seeing it, hearing that definition, kind of feel like it proves my point. It does. I. I de- you know? totally agree. <laughs> like it's like, so for the for the person who has a career field that's never going to go outside the wire. Is it okay for them to like, how do they feel reciting that? Right. How does it impact them? I think that's where the lack of chills come from. There's a certain amount of, it doesn't quite connect not, it's not disingenuous, right? Because it's there for a noble purpose. It is, but it doesn't quite connect because it's not quite matched up to what your reality is. And, uh, you know, we are not the Marines. Thankfully, <laughs> we all made a better choice. Yeah. Much love to the Marines out there. <laughs> but but they can say that they can say that because of the way their force is structured. Right. Because you're a rifleman first. Right. There, there's only corpsmen, not medics. So 
they can say, I am a warrior. Everyone can say that. The finance guy can say they've all earned the right to say that. We don't structure our force that way. So this, these wording to me doesn't quite match the lifestyle of the Air Force of, of how we go about making war. Yeah, which is devastating. I, I feel that we're the, we are the most devastating projection of power on the planet as the United States Air Force. But that doesn't mean all of us are warriors. Right. You know, when they first, uh, when this first came out, and as a young airman trying to figure out what it meant, you know, as I'm saying it 20 times a night, that mm. way the next morning when the chief grabs me on the sidewalk, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to be held up too long. Right. Um, you know. Uh-oh. Someone forgot to put their phone on silent. <laughs> I'm going to keep that. In. I'm not even going to edit out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, you know, it's a rookie moment for me. What can I say? Um, so it was when I now I got to get my train of thought back here. Um, so chief in the morning. Recite chief it. in the morning. Yeah. So as as I would try and recite this, I was trying to picture in my head, you know, what that meant. And, you know, you're you're in CDCs trying to learn your job and you're trying to learn about the Air Force. Um, and it, it just kind of works out that I have this photo sitting across from me of John Levito, Medal of Honor recipient, um, did an amazing act of heroism. In that sense, the Airman's Creed, I feel, is very fitting, um, especially when you start talking about you know, a tradition of honor and a mm. legacy of valor. Mm. Those individuals give that, that those lines purpose. Um, but it's hard for me to take each of these lines and find a way to, to really hone it to myself, whether it be from as a crew chief or my now job as the career assistance advisor. Right. And say, I can, each one of these is, is there. I, I feel it. I'm, I'm part of that. Let's see here. So a tradition of honor is actually, I guess they don't even provide you. <laughs> I guess they figure that it speaks for itself. Yeah. So which, which, they okay, didn't even I, examine I take, that. I'm not going to say that, you know, a tradition of honor, a legacy of valor. Those two lines are okay. I mean, that's fine. That's, that's very, uh, patriotic. It's it, very, you know, thing to say it yeah. is. But, uh, if I were to move, if I were to move further down, uh, to the other line that kind of jumps out at me is at the very end. Uh, I will never falter and I will not fail. I have a very big problem with those two lines and especially ending it on those two lines because, and maybe it's a little bit of how I grew up, but it's also, I would say reinforced by my career, never faltering as if there was never a learning process. If, if you showed me a career that was perfect, you know, we're talking perfect test scores, first time, whatever, right? What, what we call fast burner sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to say a fast burner, but just a perfect career with nothing. My first inclination is that two things, either this person is a rock star or they've never been in charge. Yeah. Because when you're in charge, when you're leading, when you're taking a group and taking ownership of a process, the likelihood that you'll always get that right, right from the very beginning is slim to none, right? You're not saying you're completely crash and burn, but no one's necessarily perfect, right? Right. And because we're not perfect, you know, and, and you know what, I won't finish that train of thought. I'll circle around to something we talk about all the time is how 
do you bounce back? The big word in today's Air Force is resiliency and building it. Well, if you never fail, then you won't need something like resiliency, right? Resiliency wouldn't be needed if we never made mistakes. So I think it's an unattainable goal to say you'll never fail. Yeah. Like I want, I want my senior airman to grab a group of people and try and lead a project. And if he makes a mistake, I'm going to help him get through that. Right. I'm going to show him where the, the limp facts might've been, maybe the parts he overlooked and he's going to learn something. And that process of growth requires a little bit of, oops, I made a mistake, but you're, you're using your knowledge and expertise to move forward. So uh, just, to, I don't know, just the words, I will never, I yeah. mean, not, not never, but it's, I will not fail. So I that's think that's very absolute. Yeah. I think the premise that I, I mean, I personally feel on this is I'll tell somebody, look, I'll give you the, the ability to fail because right. that's how you're going to grow. Yes. But because you failed doesn't mean you are a failure. And you have to have 100%. the ability to allow somebody to fail so that they're able to grow. Right. So I agree with you immensely, you know, giving somebody that ability and then knowing that they have somebody there to pick them up, help them dust them off, get them back on track and moving right. forward. That's that's a learning opportunity, a growing opportunity. That's that's what we allow our kids to do. So why would we not allow um, a young airman to do the same? Right. So I think that with that, um, I wouldn't want, and this is where the, the, this is where the creed kind of falls into a, a gray area for me is I wouldn't want an airman that feels like he can't, you know, like it's not okay to, I wouldn't want an airman that was, that was absolute about, I'm going to show up, I'm going to do this job and I will never fail at it. Well, you know, no. Uh, you're dead. I, I think they wanted to instill a dedication to the completion of a mission, right? That, that driving force to say, you know, if we're supposed to achieve this goal, we're going to push forward no matter what to achieve that goal. I think I'm going to say that's probably where those lines are coming from, mm -hmm. but it's, that's not the, we right as a team to say, this team is going to win this championship. That's the, that's what you can say, but if you say, I will be on this team and I won't fail, you know, that doesn't communicate the same message. Yeah. And so, and that kind of goes back to that idea that I was saying earlier, right? Like the, one of the issues that I personally see with the creed is there's a lot of lines there hmm. and we were all forced to learn it, okay. but that doesn't mean that we were forced to understand the meaning or the purpose. Hmm. And with that one, according to this, it says, I will never leave an airman behind. I will never falter and I will not fail. As airmen, no matter the situation, we all come home together. As Americans, we will not waver in our decisions and there is no way we accept failure. With that, it's not saying we can't fail, but we're not going to accept failure. That's like right. the difference between I'll let you fail but not be a right. failure, right? right. Um, we all come home together. We will not waver in our decisions. That to me means way more knowing the meaning of mm. what that actually is because I will never falter. I will not fail. I'm like, yep. Said the words. We yell them. Those ones super loud at the end. But what's the actual meaning? Why are right. those words? And really until I got to this, this article and I could, I started going through here and reading what some of the lines are supposed to really I, represent. I feel like 
you can take that meaning and re- rewrite these stanzas to give you that impression right off the top. Exactly. And it, that's how it should be read. It should, I shouldn't need a definition to the lines yeah. because, well, there's already words there. Exactly. And those words should provide the <laughs> definition themselves uh, in saying so. Like if you listen to the Star Spangled Banner. I was just going to say okay. that. Or, <laughs> right. or the national anthem. Yeah. Right. I mean. Well. <laughs> right. Depending on who's singing it. <laughs> so, so yeah, it, the, these are, that's a song that starts to encompass that fight back spirit yeah. that Americans have. And everybody knows we have it. You, every country in the world knows we have that. And that song encapsulates that fight back spirit. And the chills that we get even listening to it is the same vigor that we feel when we need to. Uh, so as a country, right? So then I think... Even on a more lower note, even sure. like Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA, like there's some... No, not necessarily to the same level, right? But my point is, is that there are other songs or uh, things out there. I think there. that's a different conversation. You almost, I almost lost. The, I was about to segue really off because that song <laughs> sparks a lot of controversy in uh, in my thought process. Because I think a lot of people misinterpret it. So I'm not saying that there there's not things about them that are all value added, mm. but they make you feel something when you listen to it. Yeah. That that's the the point I want to make is that yeah. song gives you a feeling, right. no matter whether it's a good, bad, whatever. It's really more about the the song providing you with a feeling, and, and that's the idea that I, I guess I'm trying to make. They're not whatever the words are, what they they necessarily are defined as, but the feeling that you get from listening to it, and when you do the creed, do you get a feeling? Because I don't, I don't. I, I don't. I, I think, really don't. I think mo- the majority of people don't. Yeah. Uh, I remember when it did come out, I, I joined in 2000. So when this came out, I, I remember the reaction to it around the smoke pit, you know, where people aren't really, even among people who were a couple tiers above me, you know, in rank, it was not received well. Yeah. Um, and the, the running joke was there's no I in team. That was the running joke about the Iron Sky. I, I heard that more than anything other any other comment because of how it says, I am this, I am that. And I had a lot, I was supervised by guys who had been through desert storm and that sort of thing. And they're just, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, I did that. I did desert storm, <laughs> you know, and, and they, they were mocking it behind, right. behind every, you know, supervision's back kind of thing. Um, and I said, well, and so my initial introduction to it was, was already kind of skewed from their point of view Correct. as being impressionable to what the, you know, they were my mentors. And I couldn't think of a single mentor that actually thought that was a good creed. They all were kind of like, this is BS to, to speak this way. And then I'm being a little bit harsh, but I'm saying this is what I was listening to. Right. Right. And that this is not this, you know, how, how does this relate to what I just, what I did 10 years ago in Iraq, you know, what was accomplished, what we did in that mission, which that was, you know, that was us doing what we do. And they, they felt that did not capture what they had performed there. And so, and just to clarify, I mean, we're, I don't, I don't think that you do either. Hmm. Um, but I don't personally, it's not that I'm bashing the airman's creed. I think the idea and the premise of us having a creed is, is extremely valuable. 
and that we should have something yeah. that gives us purpose and and drive and motivation and determination. Um, the the idea here is really we're we're reevaluating how we do business and you know some of the different things that we do as a force, whether it be the Air Force song which was just recently rewrote, or you know from our standpoint now looking at the Airman's Creed and whether or not it's still applicable right. or if it was ever truly applicable to begin um, and maybe raising some attention and saying, Hey, right. if we're going to reevaluate things and maybe change how we do business, why don't we reevaluate the thing that we're telling airmen is your sense of purpose um, right. here in the AFSOC community. Um, I think that our warrior ethos, um, I think that we have some pretty good guidelines that when I showed up here, I was like, wow, this gives me a sense of purpose. You know, mm. I, I kick out the soft truths, but all the time. And I have, I was not born with this, but when I got here and I learned soft truth, number one is, uh, humans are more important than equipment. Yeah. I was like that. I, I, I can internalize that. I am there with you. I'm, I'm on board. I'm, I'm ready to play ball. I kind of honestly forgot for a period of time that there was an airman's creed. It wasn't because, you know, AFSOC had something better or AFSOC says, hey, we don't do the airman's creed. It was just that I could internalize more with the soft truce than I could with this. It's worth it to explore the right words to fit our character and how we've shaped ourselves as a fighting force 2020 going forward. And yeah, just like maybe the Air Force song, I think this is, it's worth it to give it a review, to say, hey, can we, can we word this better? Because the purpose of a creed, I agree with you 100%, this is necessary to just have something we can remind us of that purpose, something that we can say, something we can feel when it is said, when we hear it out loud. It doesn't have to be a sing song, but when we hear this out loud, that we say, yeah, you know what? That's, that's what I'm a part of. That's what I'm here to do. And it's applicable to me. Right. So I, I took a second here while you were talking to pull this up because I, I think this is kind of an important thought process as I mentioned the soft truths, right? So in AFSOC or SOCOM, we are a very diverse community because we do have those special very specialized operators right. who some of the things we were talking about when it comes to Airman's Creed is very in line or in tow with their specific job. Yeah. They, they're warriors, if you will. Oh, yeah, right? absolutely. Um, however, if you look at the soft truce and the, the broad spectrum that we have, our actual warriors, all the way down to our finance personnel, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at these, and every single one of them applies to both not just your warrior but to also your finance your mpf your services reps so truth one is humans are more important than hardware right i think that that's a a, that applies to everybody absolutely truth two quality is better than quantity again doesn't matter what job you are quality is always going to win yes um truth three special operation forces cannot be mass produced it doesn't say that it has to be your warfighter. It says special operations forces, right? Right. We are all special operations forces in this command. Yes. Um, truth four, competent special operation forces cannot be created after emergencies occur. 
Again, does it not matter what job you have? We can't mass produce you after there's an issue. Right. Truth five, most special operations require non-soft assistance, meaning everybody else. Yes. But when that, I, that we cannot accomplish this mission without all of you. Yes. And I think, you know, when I look at that and I look at the Airman's Creed, I find more, more in more, more connect to this. Right. Um, now, it's not a song. It's not catchy. It's not jingly. Mm -hmm. But it is it is there. It is short, simple. And I mean, I, I only ever memorized the number one. Mm -hmm. And it's not because I think that the other ones aren't important. But there's a reason why that one's number one. I think so. I'm willing to bet you that that was very yeah. purposeful. And it's humans are more important than hardware. Because that's where it starts. Yes. And you it, start with if you start with that foundation, if you if you, yeah, I think we're both in agreement. That's number one. It's calculated. And here's the difference I think too is it says humans are. It doesn't say I am more important than right. hardware. It's not men. Nope. It's not women. Humans. All humans. Of us. Every all of every us. single one of us. Yeah. I so when I see the difference, right, and I, I think that. I think the SOCOM AFSOC has made a very deliberate approach to this. Even in the uh, the new guidance that has come out from AFSOC for the, uh, oh man, I'm going to forget the name now, their strategic development guide. Yes. Um, it is lengthy, if you will. I mean, there's quite a bit of information in there. But there's nothing in there when I read it that I'm like, this doesn't apply to me. Why? Why do why do I need to have this? Mm. Um, at some point within that whole thing, it talks about why we as a force need to adapt, why we are a team, um, how we are going to move forward together. It's not a hey, I I'm this, I did that situation, right. um, and I really like that team mentality approach, uh, kind of like you're talking before with why are there 27 eyes in our creed. <laughs> Well, it's not quite 27, but... I think you said seven. Yeah. I inflated the number. <laughs> you have to do a 10% uh, increase to all stories. That's and right. 10% embellishment. I caught a fish. It was a whale. Of course it was. <laughs> but, I th yeah, you, you, I think we want... I want to... If I'm going to recite something, if I'm going to ask my airmen to recite something, I want them to recite something that includes both of us. I want them to recite something that's going to include the people that are in the building to my left and in the building to my right and in the other side of the flight line. You know, I want all of us to stand, to feel that we're standing as a unified front, right? We're all, that's, we all wear this uniform, right? And that's our visual signal that we're all in this together. We wear this uniform, this camouflaged uniform, not so we can blend in on our way to work to anything. It's so we can symbolize to each other that we're all in this together. From the guy at the gate, to the guy on the flight line, to the guy in the age yard, to the guy or, or, or lady working finance, right? I would like to hear and to say out loud an Airman's Creed that gave me that same sense of unity to where I don't feel like I'm just talking about me, 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 right? That, that's not very attractive from my point of view. Point of view and I think that's why for me uh, I would say that's why the 
Aaron Creed doesn't give me that kind of where your back gets a little bit more straight, where in your head you hear a song playing, <laughs> you know. Or your T.I. yelling, you know, distantly in your ear. <laughs> right, there's some kind of, I mean, we've had those moments, you know, we, we joke about it, right? When someone makes a really powerful speech, we're like, man, I heard the song, I heard the music playing behind you. Yeah. Right? Uh, and it would be kind of nice if, you know, that I would say you even get chills. Uh, there's a YouTube video. I'll, I'll encourage our listeners to, next time you're spending some time on YouTube, YouTube James Earl Jones doing the national anthem at a baseball game. And he doesn't sing it. He speaks it. And it still gives you chills. One, because, well, it's his voice. But, yeah. but two, he's, he, the cadence that he's speaking it in, it, it still has that same sweeping upward kind of feeling right towards, you know, to where uh, uh, a professional singer would be hitting, getting ready to hit those high notes, you know, He's adding this gravity to his voice. And even talking out the words of the Star Single Banner will, will give you that same feeling. And I want that from my Airman's Creed. <laughs> right? I want to want to say it. I think the purpose for it, the reason for it, is good. And I think why it was created, what it was to symbolize, is also good. But it could be better. Yeah, for sure. One of the one of the lines on here is, "I am faithful to a proud heritage, a tradition of honor, and a legacy of valor." Right. Right. So, as I as I was going through here, I figured out why I couldn't find it before. Is they put them all together, and it says, "History makes you smarter, and heritage makes you prouder. Heritage is a reflection of our past and shapes us today." And I think mm. if you read that and you kind of listen to what we were talking about. Being faithful to a proud heritage and a tradition of honor and a legacy of valor, we can look at our past and understand that, hey, maybe this didn't quite get what we needed. We had we had a great idea and and purpose behind executing this, but now let's let's utilize this to shape us today. Um, I think the lines in the creed itself. If you actually stop and you read it and you look at it and understand the meaning, it's okay. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and look at our future. And does this still apply to us in the you know twenty first century warfighter mentality and how we do business? Um, especially if you consider you know um, the the increase now with our RPA pilots and our you know some of our individuals who are operating from austere locations that aren't in the combat zone right. at the time. Um, I think that there's there's definitely some some things. When they wrote this originally, mm-hmm. they th- they were thinking about some of that mindset, but I think maybe, and I, don't, I wasn't in the Air Force at the time when this all became a thing. I came in and they said, hey, this just started. Learn it, know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's your new Bible. But with that, getting the feedback from the people as to, what it means to them to be an airman in the United States Air Force. Because each airman has a different idea or a different sense of belonging, feeling. Um, pull the people. What what makes you feel like you are an American airman? Right. And what and could you use could you use the creed to homogenize that viewpoint? Of what it is you are. Ooh, that's a big word, and I'm not a I'm not Webster, <laughs> so you're gonna have to break that one down for me. So, if I wanted to say, if let's say, 
if the Airman's Creed was more definitive mm-hmm. about what it was saying, what an airman is, yeah, then you can use that to show an airman, this is the mentality we want you to embody. The same way we embody our core values. We want you to embody that. We want you to live by these core values. Can we also use the creed in the same way to say, you see these words? We want you to live by them too. And if you do, you will be great at your job and you will be great in this Air Force. You will belong with one of us. And and this is a just a thought experiment that if the Airman's Creed was more definitive and a little more clear and didn't require definition, right? It was still had its kind of a poetic flow to it and and the but the right words were there. We say this is the foundation for how you should view your role in the Air Force to your wingman, to each other, to your supervisor, to yourself. I think that could be used as a tool the same way we use core values as a tool to say, hey, integrity first, buddy. This is how you should be thinking about process, right? And when you approach a situation, this is the first value we want you to consider, integrity. And so we could take that Airman's Creed and, and use it in the same way. But I think it would have to be worded different to use it that way. So General John Klein, uh, at the time, uh, Fulbert Colonel, uh, I, let me rephrase this, Brigadier General, clarify his his actual rank here. Um, but at the time, he was a Fulbright Colonel. John Klein uh, became the wing commander at Travis, the 60th Air Mobility Wing, while I was there. And when he came in, one of his things was, is, I will not change anything for the first X amount of days. He wants to view, see, kind of go forward. And then it was, okay, I need a panel of airmen. And then it was a panel of NCOs and then a panel of senior NCOs. And then, okay, now you're all going to come together and we're going to collaborate. And basically over the course of three or four months, and those are rough guesses. I'm, I'm not 100% certain on these timelines. Um, they rewrote the mission and vision statement of Travis. Hmm. And basically they took what, what the airman sees, the NCOC and the senior NCO, and they figured out a way to make the vision statement work for for the base as everyone as you know an entire team after they got done because i was kind of optimistic i guess you will i was like oh i'm i'm curious to see how this is really going to work out they did an amazing job of giving something where you could easily go i i know what my i know what my mission is Mm. i know what our vision is and i know where we're going in the future do you have it I am going to give it to you. I feel like I feel like you're about to bring it up. I was going to say I, I'm I'm clicking away as I'm talking. I'm trying to prolong my sentence as long as I can to <laughs> to get us there, but for whatever reason, it's not pulling up on their website. And a I, few moments later, yeah, a few moments <laughs> go by, and then we came back to it. Every time I click on the screen, it just keeps going away. Oh no, you were and you were led up to that so well. It was very. <sighs> Very good lead in. Yeah. I was I was ready. I was trying. I was sitting up in my chair. I I, like, oh, he's about to hit us with a with a good one. I got it. I found it. All, All right. right. So their mission. Now mind you, they they're C seventeens, C fives, and KC tens. So we're talking big aircraft or refuelers. Mission. Rapidly project American power anytime, anywhere. So their mission is basically getting everything gone. Like that can apply to anyone. Their vision, America's finest mobility force, serving locally and engaging globally. 
Uh, their leadership priorities are airmen, then team, then pride, and readiness. Like, hmm. when like it's, it's so simple that when it first came out, I looked at it and I went, all that work and that's all you guys came up with? <laughs> like, I was like, what in the world? That was a giant waste you're, of time. You were waiting for, oh. Yeah, I, I thought this thing was going to come out with, you know, stone, rainbows and unicorns. Stone tablets <laughs> down from the top of the hangar. <laughs> but then I stopped and actually read it, and I thought about the mission statement, as you know, as it applies. Rapidly project American power anytime, anywhere. It doesn't say American air power. Aha. It doesn't say Aha. that it has to be the aircraft. It just says American power. Anytime, anywhere. I like, and you know, those, the difference that you're highlighting is important. It is. It's, and and I don't think it's not a mistake, right? It's very deliberate. I mean, it has to be deliberate with that many people from that many different ranks collaborating for that long. Because as many times we've been shouting air power. Yeah. Right. To, to include it would be easy, right? Almost, you know, secondhand. Yeah. It's just in there because we've always said it, but no air, but say it again. American power. American Project power. American power. So it still has meaning, has impact, but it's definitive to that mission. Yeah. There's no bombs falling from a C-17. Nope. Right. Um, At least not yet. <laughs> well, yeah. Right. This is this is not what the C-17 does, but what the C-17 does is project American power. It does absolutely. No matter you know whether it's from vehicles, supplies, tanks personnel, you know, you name it, right? Uh, it's projecting power. The fact that it can fly long distances to somewhere, all steer locations and land safely. That's a projection of power. So now everyone, whoever says that, whoever recites that can feel pride in it because they can own it. It means something to what they're doing in that moment, right? I don't have to be a warrior to feel pride. I can feel pride in my projection of power. Yeah. And that's, that's a beautiful thing, right? We had a, a, a Navy ship that got broke in port over in Asia, and it was supposed to be defending the China Sea. And basically it was, we have to get these parts there. Now, mind you, it's a very large shaft for a very large aircraft or a boat, which means it's going to go in a C-5. So we load our C-5, and we go take that part there. If you look at it from the very small scale of to what it was boat broke we took them apart if you look at the larger grand picture of this the time china was trying to infiltrate the china sea mm -hmm. um trying to expand their territories we were sending u.s ships to deter a ship out of the water there is a huge deal right we need to get that boat back in action we did not deliver air power we didn't deliver you know fighting forces we did deliver American power to restore a battleship and get it functioning and back out to do its job. And when you look at just how that story kind of flows, we projected American power anytime, anywhere. Right. It fits so well towards what they actually do. And this mission statement vision, um, I believe I'd have to go back and think about this a little bit. I got, I would have to say it was at least 2015 uh, I think that's been three wing commanders, maybe four now, and it hasn't changed. I don't think it should. I and I don't either. I mean, I'm I'm not part of that unit, but I I respect it. And I I think that it it speaks volumes towards, you know, what he was 
what Colonel Klein was now Brigadier General Klein was able to accomplish in his approach of getting this panel of airmen, NCOs, and senior NCOs together mm. to find out what truly fit for those people to make it impactful to them. And I think that's what we need to do with the Airman's Creed. I truly do. Okay. Wow. I think I think you kind of just summed it up there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we could go deeper into that. I think we could. But I I, but I, I think that... I think it's a good... I think we've got kind of got a good place to to just kind of stop the conversation. It's a good stopping point. It is. Yeah. Of course we could really pull it apart and go to the minutia, but going into the minutia means, Oh, no one, no one wants to listen to it for three hours. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, and ladies and gentlemen, we can talk for three hours. Very, very easily. (laughs) We've done that, but, but we won't subject you to that. So once again, thank you, uh, John. It's always a pleasure. Uh, thank you listeners. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We, this was something that we were both very excited to sit down and have a conversation about, but we wanted to do it in front of the mics. It wasn't something that we wanted just to talk, you know, willy nilly about, but we, we had an idea as to this Airman's Creed and what it meant and what it meant to him and what it meant to me and probably what it means to some of you. Um, Cause I don't, I I don't honestly know. I'd have to find a couple of young airmen walking around base and ask them if they even know the Airman's Creed anymore. I'm sure that some of them would be like, the what? Because I don't know if they have to. I don't. I, yeah, I don't, don't know, know if they recite in basic or not. I don't think they're pushing it as hard as they used to. Yeah. So um, you know, I know. I mean, it was a long time ago. I went through NCOA, but man, it was a big deal then. We had to memorize it. Yeah. And I just don't think it is anymore. And it's sh- we need something to bring back that pride and sense of purpose again. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we need a rally to cry. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we're gonna end up going down the, that story again. But <laughs> I just wanted to you know throw that out there. Um, if you have comments, your own thoughts, ideas about this situation, uh, we'd love to hear it. Find us on Facebook, Instagram. Um, shoot us an email. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts, feedback, um, or even future ideas for the, the podcast. So with that, thank you for listening, yeah. and uh, we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye. Did you know you can reach out to us via our social media sites? Yes, you can. Folks, we truly do want to hear from you. You see, it's your feedback, your questions, your insights, which are vital to our ability to remain relevant and meaningful to you, the listener. So give us a shout out. You can find us on Facebook. Simply search Professional Development Center dash CAFB. Again, Professional Development Center dash CAFB. We're also on Instagram at pdc.cafb again pdc.cafb and finally via our email 27soffs.pec at us.af.mil that's 27 sierra oscar fox sierra sierra dot papa echo charlie at us.af.mil folks we do want to hear from you You have listened to an episode of Pulse, recorded by members of the Cannon Air Force Base community. The views expressed within this podcast are those of the speakers and guests and do not necessarily represent the view of the DOD, Department of Defense, or its components. To the airmen, 
soldiers, sailors, and Marines. We'll see you again soon.